0: Episode 111 of the Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast. This week, we are talking sex. It's going to sound a little something like this.
1: Libidos don't match. One partner has the higher libido. One partner doesn't want to have sex as much. Uh, There can be some frustration, feelings of resentment there. Now, it could be some religious trauma, okay? Uh, Religion is very sex negative. You know, I think it's really a myth that the man always wants more sex. I've actually seen that. If that's not nearly as true as you would think
0: women in the past being basically victims of marital rape of well just go home and do your marital duty and be the good little wife
1: someone said i had premature ejaculation and i asked well how long is it taking you i think their answer was like 10 minutes or something like it was <laughs> i was like okay that's not really that's there's <laughs> many know, women not... out
0: there going i fucking wish <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> bunch of big dirty perverts you know you're only here because of the title sex and that's all right because we're here for the same reason (laughs) we have it so you're here to check out what we're doing you are checking out the straight talk and mental health podcast where it does exactly what it says on the tin talk straight about mental health as the title suggests and let's be honest probably the main reason why you're here because we're talking about sex so a very important thing that needs to be talked about uh crucial aspect of any relationship whether it's there or not there you know that, that that can play a huge part in the quality of your relationship. So you're very welcome if this is your first time checking out the, the podcast. What we do we do what the title says straight talk mental health. Regardless of what that is. This week we are talking to an actual sex therapist, Lindsay what's Lindsay? Lindsay Murray. Yeah, very Irish sounding name again. Mm. Yeah, you can you can believe that. A bit of Irish in there maybe. American, yeah. yeah. All the way from Texas. So that episode has been pre recorded. Um you're definitely going to want to check it out because we are going to talk about masturbation. Whether you should share your sexual fantasies. Um sex addiction, if it's a thing or isn't it a thing. Myself and Lindsay differ in our opinions of that. Uh, religion and shame, how that feeds in. And difference in sex drives in partners where one has a higher sex drive than the other mm-hmm. so we both share our own clinical experience so really think people are going to get a lot from that so thank you for joining us to check out that topic my name is alan clark At the think there was, i said, do we need to segue myself in nah just say my name my name is alan clark i'm a psychotherapist with a degree in counseling and psychotherapy and a master's in child and adolescent psychotherapy i am a psychotherapist this is not a psychotherapy podcast because they are fucking minus crack mm. I know because I've checked them out. I listened to, or I watched a documentary recently. Uh, that one you'd start. Uh, I knew Maria Bamford. You you wouldn't like it. Yeah, the dark side of comedy thing I was watching in my house last week. There's a bit with Patton Oswald Patton Oswald, the comedian. And he had, a, and he, he speaks quite openly around his wife that died and his mourning and grieving experience. And he had a brilliant line, which I think is the kind of attitude which we take to the podcast. If he can mock it, he can manage it. Mm. You know, when these things take control over us or they have power over us, we're not able to talk about them. We're not able to joke about them. Mm. Um, so, you know, we're here to have the, the jokes where we can, when it's when it's appropriate. Sometimes when it's not appropriate. <laughs> so when I say me, I mean myself, Alan, and I also mean Ali Kata. This is like a boxer, you know. Uh, now entering the ring, and he gives all the, the dark destroyer, the Brooklyn bomber. The Alley Cat Aisling, oh, that
2: is so the, wrong. Once the she, queen of
0: sexual innuendo. Once
2: you said she was entering the ring and then you just <laughs> went on and the Dark Destroyer and all that. I was like...
0: As if I fucking needed to segue in any better. She does it brilliantly herself. The lovely Miss Ashling Mailer.
2: How are you?
0: I'm all right. We're all right.
2: We're, just, We're all right. Okay. We're on take
0: two. <laughs> we recorded a little bit earlier, but the two are just like, oh, it just feels flat. It mm-hmm. just feels like there's no energy. One thing I have been a DJ, I've been a rapper, I've been an actor, an asshole, many as a time, Mm -hmm. and in all of those endeavors, including being a podcast host, you know, frequently for anyone that's creative, they say you need to suffer for your art. I've done lots of things. I've I've grown a mustache for a play. Mm. I look like someone that shouldn't be around a playground. Right. You know, I looked. I've done lots of things. Mm. One of the greatest. Sufferings from my own art that I could do is buying you a coffee at fucking half six in the evening. Oh,
2: right. <laughs> <I wonder laughs> because this
0: going. is going to backfire fucking badly. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning, like, you're going to be beside me in the bed. I, I'm awake. I'm not actually. I just fucking
2: fall asleep. No, I don't talk to you no more in the middle of the night. It's not worth it. Good. Yeah, it's not going to stop
0: you, though. I've learned, it does. I've learned. <laughs> so we're on the pick me up. I'm on the Diet Coke. I'll take a Diet Coke sponsorship. You can get
2: one from McDonald's I want I took you yeah. out for
0: you. Took me out for a nice romantic meal. Out to Mickey D's. <laughs>
2: that was supposed to be our pre-dinner.
0: Mm. So the first part of the podcast, first half an hour or so, is just checking in. How we've been feeling. What's been going on in our lives. What's got mm. kind of us smiling and roiling. We haven't been all right this evening.
2: Oh, well, we've been ground, but we just no energy. just no energy. Yeah, just no no energy. energy. The weather the has been
0: fucking horrendous. Yeah. It's been overcast. And when it's not overcast, there's been torrents of rain. The roads are flooded. <coughs> uh, car parks are flooded. Mm. Uh, we're up in, as you can see, we're in Ashley's kitchen. Mm. We're up in Oma. The weather is absolutely horrendous. And you just fucking go on. You can go nowhere. You can do nothing.
2: We couldn't get off the sofa.
0: Yeah. We just asleep. no energy. Yeah. No energy today. We were meant to go out for dinner. We we're back in black.
2: Black in black you do it though then i knew i cancelled it well you told me to because the menu was
0: well you read out the menu we we're like oh yeah I that, was that, was that was has good though. reviews and you yeah. read out the menu last night and i was like oh because even you were like oh i'm not liking this menu i'm like yeah. that must be fucking bad if you're not liking the menu mm. and everything you read out i was like that's frozen that's gonna be frozen mm. that's gonna be just frozen so we cancelled the weather's horrendous we're like oh we're not going out yeah. to get ready for that uh but i'm in black you're in black
2: Men and, men and women in black.
0: Men and women. yeah, People in black. Let's mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's not alienate anyone. People in black. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're on take two because the last one was just meh. Mm. Wasn't it? We were both kind of at the same time. We were both kind of like... This,
2: we're still this a bit modern. like that. Yeah. We are. Still, I think it's the weather. With two weeks of non-stop rain yeah. and yeah. no energy with that. So. Yeah. And it's dark at a certain time. There's no real yeah. sunlight. It's black.
0: Yeah. So we are yeah. going at five to seven. Five to seven here at the mm. moment. Ashing's on the coffee. She's not going to sleep.
2: Second coffee man. Oh,
0: fuck my life. Fuck your fuck life. Fuck my life. <laughs>
2: fuck your life.
0: <laughs> this is what you're in for, folks. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for checking us out. When she's not drinking coffee on the podcast, what she does do on the podcast is... You no, know, the Oh, a million percent. Oh, fuck a bazillion percent. <laughs> but you also do the social media. All right. Okay. Yeah. This is to let people know where they can find us. The reason why we ask for comments and shares and all of that is so that your friends will see it. You can recommend the podcast to people. We can keep people alive as we have done many times in the past. It is a small podcast that makes a big difference. And we know we can keep people alive because we've had the correspondence. People have told us, literally wrote in and said, this podcast is one of the reasons they are still living today mm. so we're very grateful for all those people so please give a like give a comment give a share on any of the social media which is
2: it is <laughs> instagram twitter facebook and tiktok
0: she's fucking grinning like a cheshire cat because every week she deliberately moves the fucking things around so you see these things up here
2: bloop bloop,
0: the fucking social media icons in case you haven't noticed, people don't even notice, but I do it anyway, mm. to match what you say. And every week you deliberately and specifically go out of your way to rearrange them. So it'll take me more time to fucking edit
2: the podcast. See this tiny little violin? <laughs> hears me play a little tiny little song. Can you hear that? <laughs> no.
0: No. No. Go on. Give us the social media, you I just fucking... about to
2: take a sip there. <laughs> um, right, so you... Your leg. My leg. Uh, so you can find us on... Oh, sorry, i said that. Did at that. STMH Podcast. Is the username. Is the username. Uh, email address is hello at STMHpodcast.com. The email address is www.STMHpodcast.com. And you can find us on YouTube. Tap, tap, Tap At Straight and Mental Health. Yep. Yes.
0: Check us out on the YouTube. Give a subscribe. That's really going to That's really going to help us. When we get to the 100 subscribers... No, we're not, mm-hmm. not going to ask you tomorrow. Well, we still keep it we Need 100 subscribers because when you get to 100 subscribers on YouTube, then you get to select your username. So that way, mm-hmm. it'll be at STMH podcast um, on all of the on all of the platforms. Mm-hmm. Give a comment, give a share, drop a comment down below, guys. We're Yeah, drop a comment down below, guys. Hit that, smash that like button, smash that like button. I was thinking that. Yeah, of course you were. dirty bitch. <laughs> the queen, the double entendre queen, in your
2: endo. In your end.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're talking about sex. <laughs> Let's get into some of the correspondence from last week. A special apology needs to be uttered to Meg. Meg, I'm so sorry. You gave us a big, big share on your Instagram story recently. I don't know how it missed. Um Normally, I go through the comments, mm. but this one I actually... And I remember at the time to take a screen grab, but I only found it uh, yesterday. So, big shout out to Meg. Um... A mum and a mental health nurse Mm -hmm. and has some glowing praise for our podcast. Mm -hmm. The lovely Ashley,
2: Right. Uh, She wrote and said, I've shared this before. I've listened to a lot of mental health podcasts as a mental health nurse. I try to keep up with recent research policies and changes, but also resources to sign post patients too. I've listened to some which aren't helpful, but this podcast is so open, honest, and has helped me personally and in a professional capacity god that's twice i've tried to say that <laughs> uh, to develop my practice and reflect on my own skills i highly recommend it
0: that's some glowing praise
2: no, no that's fantastic that's a mental health mm-hmm. nurse
0: we also had andrew andrew one of our long-time listeners a retired mental health nurse mm-hmm. these are the people that are singing the praises of the podcast these are the people that know what they're talking about because they're living it every day as i yeah. am in my in my own clinical experience um yeah, that's 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 high praise, you know. Yeah, that's, that's that's the stuff that means right. a lot. Thank you very much, folks. Give a share on your story, you know. Reach out, tell people if you enjoy the podcast. You can share it, but when you actually say something like that, people mm. are going to go, "Oh, that's very personal." All right, there's yeah. something in that. Uh, so, thank you very much. Really appreciate that. On the other side of some of the comments, mm. <laughs> I had put <laughs> a meme up um, during the week. So last week, as we spoke about Ashley being who will be wide awake tonight, keep me awake. Loves loves the chats, just as you're falling off, just as you're drifting into slumber. Ashley's like, nah, you won't be having any of that. Tell me which you prefer, Formula One or me, <laughs> as you did last week. What? Well, it's normally something else is random. So I put a meme up last week. Oh, before I get into that, I have to utter an apology. We had some technical difficulties last week. I don't know what happened. Some of the pictures mm-hmm. didn't uh didn't turn out and if you watch back on youtube uh so sorry folks i don't know what happened there all the other pictures come out don't know what happened with them ones. Yeah. um but i had put a meme up last week which i'll put up here now again these need to go up or i'm gonna look like, a fucking idiot. like showing off <laughs> yeah <Ta-da! laughs> um so in relation to what we spoke about last week of you you know making conversations around the way before formula one or you and oh, yeah, having yeah. the lulls mm-hmm. and the chats in bed when i'm just like oh i should just go to sleep mm-hmm. so put up this meme i have so much to say when my boyfriend is about to fall asleep and on the facebook page said either asking his account i don't know about or she's not alone and waiting until sleepy time to have the chats anyone else go through this to which mel replied
2: oh my husband has actually been known to tell me to fuck up shank talking and, and go to sleep on many of the night <laughs> what did i write back though
0: Oh, what did you write back? Um,
2: and I just replied, it doesn't need to be bedtime for me. I hear that from Alan all <laughs> the time. So yeah, it's true. Uh, fuck up, shit talking, Ashley. Just shut up, Ashley. Okay. If, if
0: that was the case, we'd never had any conversations. Nothing to talk about. No. Nah. <laughs> Mel's husband, I get it. I get it. Mm. I feel your pain. Uh, but obviously, it's, it's not just an Ashley <laughs> thing. It's a Mel thing. And it's, it's a woman a, thing, I it's think. A woman thing. Yeah. yeah, if you're a woman and you enjoy the chats, a fucking bedtime We're so
2: busy throughout the day that night time the only time we
0: can. You chat. save it all up.
2: Save it all up. Save it all and up, and then, ah. yeah. mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Um. Thanks very much, Mel. Thanks for the thanks for that comment, and thank you to Megan again. Our apologies to our apologies to Megan. Also, put up a video on Facebook as we record. So it's so, so, so seven o'clock as we we're recording. Put up a video saying that worry solves nothing. A little clip from last week's show. A quote from the... A paraphrase, rather, from the Dalai Lama. To which Rose had had commented. Can you read them? on? Yeah, are see it from tiny. his angle? Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, not listened to this yet, but it is a subject close to my heart. So we'll be tuning
0: in. Hope you enjoyed it, Rose. Mm-hmm. Should have listened by now. Come on. The finger out. Mm-hmm. A few days later. We'll be having that. So thank you, everyone, for the the comments. And thank you. Well,
2: with regards to Rosalind, may I just say a big congratulations because your son and future daughter-in-law put a very lovely post-up. Was it yesterday? It was yesterday. Not no, before. the day before Thursday. yesterday. So congratulations. Uh, Emily. Johnny and Emily.
0: Yeah. Got down on one knee. Good man, Johnny. Mm-hmm. That so. is Johnny from Hell on Earth. I think I can, I think I can tag the yeah. channel. Uh, mm-hmm. Johnny's very successful YouTube channel yeah, with him and funny. his friends. They're all into urban exploration and Mm -hmm. abandoned buildings and all this sort of stuff so congratulations johnny and emily yeah wish you wish every every happiness Mm -hmm. so well done guys yeah so there were the comments in relation to last week's episode we spoke about insecurities yeah we're quite open we're open on this podcast you know we're not pretending otherwise i got into my own uh, issues around being self-conscious of my weight Mm uh my belly as we recorded up in the place i shall not be named (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Ross, Ross Common was that? that's a county
0: that's a whole county
2: what's it called again? Cross Harbour We're off. Oh, yeah was, yes,
0: um, and you you know we spoke about the comments you get around being being slim mm. um, your insecurities around going on holidays after seeing that meme mm. so you know we're not pretending otherwise this is the point of the whole podcast is that we is that we do get into that. we do get into that stuff yeah we are human but you know we're not pretending otherwise we're not Mm. we're not filtered we're not fucking i'm not here as a psychotherapist pretending like i know everything and i'm perfect and all of this sort of stuff no we have we have our own issues and you know that's that's what we're here to talk about so hopefully we'll encourage people and as I said, again, of that, if you can mock it, you can, you can manage it when we're able to have these conversations. It means we're not hiding anything.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, we're not compensating for our insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone benefits from these open and honest conversations, which is the entire point of the Straight Talking and Loud podcast.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Outside of that, let's go back to this week in the here and now. Mm-hmm. How have you been feeling?
2: It's very lethargic. No energy. I th- mm. and like I said, I do believe it's the weather. It's well it'll be two weeks in now. Oh shit, rain.
0: You, is it the rain do you think it's the rain though? I you, think it's
2: the darker evenings. Oh, uh, the it. the rain's don't stop, so you can't plan anything. Got the yeah. hiking boots, can't go hiking. Did <laughs> wear them out though, they look nice. <laughs> no, all right. the ten minutes that I wore them. Yeah. Um but yeah, we haven't really you can't do anything. You can't you wanted to do the where stay, the stair the stairway to heaven. There you go. <laughs> it's a walk in Ireland. Mm. Um, I don't want to. I, I'm still recovering from the cold. It'll be
0: fucking springtime. Mm. But the fucking looks. Of know, it. I
2: don't even mind doing it when it's cold. i take like the cold. Be, yeah, I just show when it's cold. rain. Especially yeah. when I'm still. Fair you know,
0: weather hikers, we will be.
2: <laughs> oh, I've been looking at waterproof trousers. So I've been looking at coats, so don't worry. I, I, yeah. Just because I'm still not wanting to We're go. We're planning
0: around. on going hiking.
2: We are going yeah, hiking. We are going hiking.
0: Yeah, yeah, but only when the weather's nice. <laughs> no, better.
2: I'm not <laughs> better, going on. Better. Oh no, that rain. Fuck that shit. So stuff.
0: you've been feeling? Still coughing. Still, still there. Coughing. Nose. I've been a good feeling one. quite lethargic. energy's been a little bit low today.
2: We've slept the majority of the day away on the sofa. We fell asleep.
0: I slept for about six minutes. Thanks. You slept for about half an hour.
2: Almost half an hour. About
0: that. Have you got smiles or royals this week?
2: Uh, smiles would be. Um, we watched a comedy yesterday, and I think it was called The Cleaner.
0: Oh, I enjoyed that. That was good.
2: How amazing. I won't say her name, because I'm going to ruin it if I try and pronounce it. Helen. Give her initials. H-C-B. As she's also known C-B. as
0: H-B-C. Oh,
2: H-B-C. Who yeah,
0: does? Helena Bonnet-Carter.
2: She looked amazing. I've 56. 56. I had a good 56. One. But she looks good. incredible. And you can tell she's not had Botox, or gone mm-hmm. down that route. She's mm-hmm. just gone Natural. And she looks amazing. Yeah, she's, always been a bit, she's
0: always been a bit quirky, a bit out there.
2: No, but she's just, it just shows mm. you, you don't need to do all this to yourself and, you know, be looking like everybody yeah. else. Like that just shows you like, she looks amazing.
0: Yeah. So the cleaner with Greg Davis, Greg, the big fucking tall Greg mm. Davis is like six she's foot seven. She's tall at all. She's what? like up to his chest or something. She was
2: just over his belly. There's one point, uh, it's not a big. Spoiler alert! Anyway, sitting on the toilet. she's just shitting on the she's toilet.
0: She's just and like yeah,
2: and it's just like fair play. <laughs> fair play, to her. Yeah, yeah. She went there, she yeah. Just, she yeah. did it. I enjoyed, and I was yeah, like, it was a good show. But then, yeah, I think she was only in the first episode. Yeah, and we've only oh, we've only, like, only done one episode. Oh, now she's gone. I'm just like I'm over it. <laughs> I, I literally stayed. You know why? <laughs> she's stayed. that fickle. As soon as I stayed for her, yeah, I did. I did. I was like, that was oh, a good
0: show. Nice black comedy, dark comedy.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really, I do like her. Definitely going Todd Sweeney or Sweeney Todd, so close. Always backwards, never lock Finn.
0: Finn. Finn Lock. lock. <laughs> Arbor Ross.
2: Ross Arbor. It's okay. um, but yeah. Think Yoda. <laughs> Yoda. Yeah, I am.
0: I am Yoda. I'm still to hear your. Is oh, your Yoda.
2: Absolutely
0: not. We're nearly fucking two years together. And apparently she does this Yoda impression. Your son heard it. My son heard it. James has heard it. She goes on with this fucking I Yoda impression. so close. Never it's heard like, it. literally
2: comes here. Never heard and it. And then I'm like. <laughs>
0: that must be the only fucking thing that doesn't come out your mouth. Everything else you can't hold back.
2: <laughs> I'd love to do. It. I'll just do it <laughs> Go on. I'll just do it at the worst of inappropriate time. Go on. <laughs> no. I'm
0: not doing it in this. I thought I, thought I might guilted into it on the public forum.
2: You can't guilt me. Yeah.
0: So the cleaner with, with HBC. That's your that's your smile. Well, no, her. She's my smile. HBC. Yeah, and she's, the she
2: was fantastic and I Helena Bombs. I really, really like her. Um, like I say.
0: Sweetheart. I killed Sirius Black.
2: I killed Sirius Black not so much in harry potter i'm talking didn't like her bellatrix didn't dislike her she's just, mm. just not a memorable person in it but yeah uh it's really spoiler
0: alert if you haven't seen harry potter <laughs> <Of course. laughs> where have you been <laughs> <laughs> bellatrix kill serious yeah oh that bit last week on last week's episode one of my favorite moments again on the podcast what was your favorite one with you something you oh. said it was fucking hilarious had me laughing it was your accent or something there was, it's always my accent yeah yeah last oh. week was we were doing around the world or our listenership around the world and uh, listeners in the Bahamas mm. to which you were fucking disgusted I think it was the combination your face and your accent was in full flow imagine sitting in the Bahamas and listening to fucking us poor ye poor ye <laughs> You weren't depressed that they're that they're listening to us oh. <laughs> fuck's sake no. try to encourage people give a comment give a share oh, subscribe sorry, on like. youtube but fucking don't listen to us if you're from the bahamas no. what's wrong with you
2: what is wrong with you <laughs> would you like to write like They got fucking us?
0: mental health issues in the bahamas where you got people you got fucking noggins i
2: know but still like listening to us wouldn't make it any better it like clearly insane. does it fucking clearly does
0: <laughs> that, that was one of my favorite moments i laughed when you said it i laughed when i edited as I was editing, I sent you a clip of this. Going, I'm fucking laughing. I'm really i laughed as I listened back. I laughed as I put it as a part of the intro, and I laughed as I fucking sent you the clip.
2: I'm trying to remember the time with the one. I, I know it was in Wales. That old, old old woman. The old woman. No, was it wasn't. It was like me being an old woman. It was a bit nippy outside.
0: Oh, the God, fucking, Oh, the clip, and we have that fucking one of the popular TikToks. Where you found a condom on the beach? Yeah, how did I? I tell that? you what, though, still remembered. Yeah, so they were a bit remember. nippy, but they still remembered.
2: But there must have been like <laughs> when
0: that. you found a condom, which you thought was a shell on the beach. That's my. That was one of my other favorite moments. But last week, going purry, and then the other bit was, uh, I wouldn't even fucking listen to you if I was in the Bahamas. And look at you, though. You're so pretty. <laughs> Look at you!
2: Yeah.
0: So check out last week's episode. Ding, it's up there. Uh what's that? Your smile, the cleaner. You've been alright in the TV front. American American I can't horror do story. Anything.
2: I can't go anywhere. The yeah, weather's true, terrible. Yeah. That's yeah. all I've got to do now. So yeah. it's not. The
0: House of Dragon finished. Mm. Loving American horror story so far. So far, yeah. Set in the 80s. Gay, gay murders. Mm. We think it's AIDS. The virus has started. Gay serial killer. You never know if it's American good. horror Yeah, virus. that's what I'm like, oh, yeah. this better not go paranormal shit. Because like, I'm liking this. Mm. I've done the play. The very first play I did was The Normal Heart. Mm. Won the all Ireland Finals. I played two parts. Mm. One was, <laughs> um, you know, I had AIDS in the clinic at the start. And then I played the, the Mayor's Assistant. So The Mayor is based on Koch, who is the mayor in New York as American Horror Story is now set mm. so he was a closeted gay in the play so I played two gays yeah. in New York particularly around that around that time so you're enjoying that do you have any do you have any rivals no or? I'm
2: enjoying that um, I was just looking for the cast like there's oh, there's so many people that's left yeah, I've, never, I've never one. seen them before so. that was and the, my favourite one was Jessica Lange she was Jessica Lang. Is it Lang or Lang? Lang. It's got a G, silent G. Lang.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, um, her and Sarah Paulson, oh, they're amazing. Uh, and they're not in it no more. I just felt like, do you know, like when Rick left Walking Dead? It's just not the same. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. the same. You've lost the essence of it. So mm-hmm. um, I'm still enjoying it. Like, I watch it, but I'm not. Oh, it's as good.
0: good. I'm enjoying it.
2: You're enjoying it. My favourite one is still the one, the hotel Lady with uh, Lady Gaga in it. And I've sh- never seen it. You've talked about it enough. I know so what you're talking about. Good. Yeah. So yeah, that would be my So smile. all
0: right on the TV front. Where oh, we go? Smile, smile, rile, rile. Which would we go going?
2: It's entirely up to you.
0: I'm going to go rile. What do you normally ask me when I say I have a rile every week? Is it me? It fucking is you. <laughs> you're right. For once, it fucking actually is you.
2: i tried so hard. And
0: lost it. You're going (laughs) to make me fucking lose it all up here. I swear to God. (laughs) Ashling, as I have made reference to on the podcast many times, if you're not autistic, you're a fucking million percent ADHD. And the reason, one of the reasons why I say you're autistic, you stim, you've got all of these other behaviors, and you've got special interests and obsessions. And these things become obsessions. You become obsessed, and then you're not bored of it. The latest obsession garlic fucking prawns tell us about the garlic prawns ashley
2: oh they're so nice they're right? fucking
0: so garlicky <laughs> you can smell them when you walk into the room
2: no they're really nice you can actually get them well no next door said so they got them from marks and spencer so you can get them from most oh, places every place. yeah most places well, garlic s- prawns this raw garlic parsley garlic that's got a lovely wee sauce i get mine from Asta. absolutely gorgeous so i'm eating a packet of a of, of, of packed
0: a day yeah but you are the person you wake up in the morning and you won't even look at me you got your hand over your mouth don't talk to you i got doggy breath mm. you're so self-conscious i'm not self-conscious i
2: just know i got doggy
0: breath yeah nice. the fucking smell of your breath last night the smell of your breath all day from the smell of these fucking garlic prawns mm. we we're in bed last night <laughs> i hold my hands up i have no problem fucking holding my hands up there wasn't a lot of smooching last night <laughs> i turned over in the middle of the night i got a smelly breath. i was like nope I fucking turn back around the other way <laughs> walked into the bedroom this morning i get up early i'm always awake before you are i come down so you can go back to sleep i'll come back up to the room later on fuck me the fucking smell of garlic in
2: here it doesn't help when i'm going I love it.
0: it's just fucking and you're doing it deliberately like. oh yeah and then you had another fucking packet of them today <laughs> I like. Gee-, I was in the car. I got, what did I do? I got out of the car. I got out of the car to get fuel. Went in, paid for it, got back into the car. Jesus Christ, I seen the fucking smell of garlic in the car. I went across the
2: road, but I'm not a big girl yet. I have a fear.
0: She's afraid to cross the road. I am
2: afraid to cross I the roads. know I
0: Yeah, I went across the road. So, your obsession with them garlic prawns and smelly <laughs> breath as a result. Mm. I won't go off prawns. See, too. I won't mind if you were like, oh, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm really sorry. But no. you're like, oh. Is it? Th- is it still there?
2: <gasps> oh, I just my only regret is I didn't lick your nose when you were sleeping. <laughs> As if you'd wake up. <laughs> I'd love to lick your nose when you're sleeping. <laughs> Fuck's sake!
0: So that's that's me royal. Yeah, I can't wait until you're fucking bored because what you always do, you always fucking overdo it. Yeah, and then you're like, never again. Nope, no, done, done. done. Never eating that thing again. Yeah. Never drinking that thing again. No, never, look ever, ever know. again. Look at Lucas said, Lucas has 8. been your your stalwart. Mm. That's that's hung in there. I can't fucking wait until the novelty wears off of these garlic problems.
2: Oh, the garlic! All right, <laughs> <laughs> you're waiting a long time for the look of it. Um, yeah. So far, I'm really liking them. I'm just it's, they're really good, mm. they're really nice. So. Give us,
0: give us a smile. Oh, i has got you smiling this week. Or was that? Oh, you gave a smile. What's your yeah, rile?
2: My rile would be. I would say the weather. The just the weather is <sighs> shit. Like you can't do anything. I'm desperate to actually leave the house and go walking even somewhere but then, I was
0: night like th- at that point when it wasn't raining today i walked outside i was like
2: it's mild, oh, it's actually mild? it'd be a nice, nice walk yeah but then it was torrential. oma is kind of like i want to be some pictures of us so we can put them Give in Give me some pictures yeah that is the flooding of oma even the front of our house yeah, it's, of, yeah. it's really really bad oma mm. um, has
0: a river uh, what's the I think a all they
2: say, is one of the wettest places in Ireland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's only since I moved
0: here. <laughs> is that just a going out with me?
2: It was a desert before.
0: <laughs> and then I came along.
2: They <laughs> keep saying this. <laughs> it was me. It was it me. Was me, me. It, know, was, it was North me. North yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Tell yeah. me. Just, just fucking recently. feed my ego here. <laughs> yeah, it's Alan. Two years ago. <laughs> You just remind The flooding me. continues. <laughs> You're terrible. I was trying to no but that is true apparently. Oma is one of the wettest places in Ireland. hmm I think it's because we're sent there's a lot of water. Mm. We've got like we've got Lover's Retreat water. We've got and It's all the
0: same river though, isn't
2: it? You've got the it goes through to Anniskillon, doesn't it? Mm. Um don't know, is it the same river from Lovers Retreat to I think so. the town? We've got the and then you've got the two You've got the, near the bus station. You've also got near the retail. You've got the bridge there with the water. We've got a it's lot of water. the same river. <laughs> I don't know if it's going somewhere it, else. It
0: meanders. Rivers meander. But
2: they could go somewhere else. <laughs> they, they could do. take direction. Um. So, yeah. So, it's, it's apparently it's one of the wettest places in, in Oma since uh, I've been Not dating just because Alan. of me. There you go. I take learned table. quick.
0: Thank you. <laughs> so, the weather. Yeah. yeah. And it's been getting like, oh, fuck, even today it's just the energy. Mm. yeah you know, so this is this is our second take because we knew the first no one could be that
2: to be fair it was my 37th birthday oh, last week of course i'm gonna be napping longer on the sofa and my bones
0: in. are gonna be aching oh in my Lord, i'm just falling apart <laughs> i'm fucking falling apart
2: like when the weather's bad i can feel it i can feel, me mm. I can feel in my bones rain coming i
0: can feel it in
2: your bones <laughs> <laughs>
0: and you're there going let me check
2: <laughs> cough <laughs>
0: Not the prostate, Ashley. Not the prostate. That's not what you said last <laughs> time. I said last week was. Oh, the fuck I fucking
2: smell your breath. <laughs> Get down there. <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ! It's a like, good job. This week's topic is sex. <laughs> oh dear. This week's fucking topic. Every week is sex with you on the podcast.
2: Yeah. Well, we Dirt. are we are notorious in Ireland for our sexual ending, talk. Yeah, sexual because we can't talk
0: about it in a serious manner.
2: I don't think we can joke don't about yeah, it I think like, but
0: even and we get into that we get into that mm. in in the interview with with Lindsay mm. uh the Irish hang ups around talking about sex and money mm. so that's your smile and that's your royal mm-hmm. my smile um oh, we had a new little feature there last week remember yay or nay oh yes, I think we're both going big with a with a yay mm, this week absolutely so before I want to give a huge, absolutely massive congratulations to my old friend Tanya. I've known Tanya since I was in school. I thought this
2: was going to be your brother then, I was like... No, no. Well, he works there.
0: But Tanya, uh, Tanya Doyle, who has a Gapé a, um, coffee shop in Gildare. They've recently moved. They've not only moved now, they've also extended uh, out the back. And they've got a brand new, lovely, lovely restaurant mm. called O'Doul's. Nikki, who we had on before. Nikki from Bar Work and Breakups, when we broke up. we mm. grand now, though. Thanks for stepping in. <laughs> Thanks for stepping in, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spoke about the mental health implications of you know working in bar work. Nikki is the bar manager, bar manager in, yeah. in the restaurant, mm-hmm. But the food there. I wasn't mad yeah, on the starters. I'm gonna hold my hands up. I'm a bit weird on the food. Um, you
2: thought you were off, off, uh, getting uh, a sausage roll?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but French. I think it's a French French restaurant. French menu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we got the venison then as oh, the main. Can we just
2: talk about my salmon.
0: Oh, you got the salmon. Yeah.
2: Oh, it was really good. Yeah. I was actually fantasizing about that salmon for the for the week after, I'd say, in the middle of the night. Do you know I was sleeping bad and I get hungry, don't I? I'm in the middle of the night. And Most people in
0: the middle of the night when they're fantasizing, they're like, they go somewhere else to try and get themselves to sleep. And you're like, oh,
2: salmon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. salmon. Oh,
0: a little bit of dressing.
2: Oh, yeah. Put it all in. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: jesus christ but it was it was you so good yeah, so yeah.
2: so good um yeah so yours you yeah i was a bit worried about you i didn't think we'd ever go back again because your starter was yeah i was
0: but that's my own you know that's me and food oh, with, like, the, with yeah. the autism and food mm-hmm. textures and stuff like that uh but the mains was well your starter and your main was was, was, mm. was gorgeous it but before. oh it was lovely the place the place was really well mm, yeah. so sort a of huge congratulations to tanya and kieran you know, duels do check it out. We're not sponsored, we should, maybe we should be. Can you take a, take a free meal? Cute.
2: I like the bathroom. Mirror. <laughs> you sent me a picture. The bathroom mirror is literally facing towards the tallest, so you can just like just just, sit there. Well, watch like,
0: yourself. Yeah, this is what I look Was like on the tile. No, no, oh, well, no, behind you. In, yeah, yeah, so you're yeah. maybe out. you were sitting down. <laughs>
2: ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm just checking out my friend.
0: <laughs> cool one. Uh, so congratulations, guys. We hope hope it goes well. If you do check it out, always supporting local businesses. Are we going yay or nay on this one? Oh, hundred percent, yeah,
2: it was lovely. Just
0: gives a thumbs up. Yeah, so big yes, two, two yes,
2: thumbs. That's a
0: thumbs. Th- um. I'm fucking Irish. Fuck off. Th- <laughs> How is that? There's more Irish for you. Th- Ask me bollocks. There's more Irish. <laughs> Doesn't speak much. <laughs> so we're giving it. We're giving it a yay. Yeah. So we we start a new feature. So if we go anywhere that we like, so what we do for our mental health is, you know, we go for dinner. That's our thing. We're not big drinkers. Go out mm. for a meal or we'll go away on experiences. We gave a nay last week to Ross Arbor with all the music. Mm. Uh, we're giving a big yay this week to uh O'Doels mm. in Caldera So Absolutely. check it out. Um and best of luck to Tanya and Kieran and Nikki mm-hmm. and all the rest of the staff in there who are all who are all lovely. And Ian, Ian Moore from the Kildare as well. Mm-hmm. Ian played golf where I used to play golf. Mm-hmm. Um so that are smiles and oils We're all good. Yeah, that's it. We're all good uh with that being said we know why you're all here you dirty perverts
2: i'm looking forward to this one
0: you should it's very good mm-hmm. take it away so this week on the straight Talking mental health podcast we are straight talking sex that's right You're probably here because the title brought you in. If so, you're very welcome. If you're one of our regular listeners, you know what we're going to do. We're going to straight talk sex like we always do. There's no better person to straight talk sex with than with an actual sex therapist. And to do that, we've gone all the way over to the States. She hasn't quite got the Texas drawl, but she's sounding pretty good all the same. When I'm talking about she, I'm talking about Lindsay Murray. Lindsay, how are you doing tonight? My time?
1: I'm good. I'm really glad to be here. Very excited to talk about this stuff. Like you said, I am a sex therapist, so that is... My my life and my bread and butter, so I I just really excited to share whatever knowledge I can with you guys.
0: So a sex therapist, you don't just become a sex therapist, Lindsay. How how do we get from however you started to being on this show as a sex therapist? What's what's what was the road like for you? What's your what's your background?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I I have my master's degree in counseling, and and after I got my master's degree, I went forward and got my counseling license with the state and so when you get your license it's it's you're just getting your clinical hours really trying to figure out what population you want to work with you're supervised the whole time and then once you get fully licensed you can go out and really there's a bunch of uh opportunity from there um I started my own private practice I've been working for myself for a while and then after I got licensed uh that's where I really chose my specialty of sex therapy And uh, here in the States, we have a national board, which is the American Association of uh, Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. And I went the therapy route. Um, And in that training, you really learn about a a bunch of different aspects around sex. So it's like anatomy. It's also um, like medical issues, right? If someone's experiencing a sexual dysfunction. And then you also learn about the relationship aspects, right? So relationship, um, LGBTQ, like Gender identity, sexual orientation, um, kinky sex, open relationships—you really learn about all different aspects of what sexuality can mean for someone. And once you go through all of that and get additional clinical hours specifically in sex, then you become certified. Um, so it's been a really exciting road to get here. It's been years in the making, but uh, it's a very uh, well-rounded training. So that way, when clients do come to me, I, you know, feel very competent in uh And helping them in what might be going on Mm.
0: so it's it's a very different thing for our irish listeners as we've spoken about in the podcast before currently as it stands in ireland there is no governing body there's no licensing um so there's technically there's nothing stopping anyone Mm -hmm. from setting up and calling themselves a psychotherapist or a counselor or a Mm -hmm. sex therapist or anything like that um that goes for coaching life coaches all of that sort of stuff they can just sort of jump on at the minute, something that's been in the process for a long time. Oh, interesting. I think it's an important thing for people to understand the rigorous background that you have put into being trained in this area um, and not just Mm -hmm. going, yeah, I'm going to call myself a sex therapist. You're licensed by the state. Yeah. and and,
1: mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a, you know, I think things are pretty regulated here, but you still run into people that. Really, especially talking about life coaching too. No, nothing against Mm -hmm. life coaches. Some of them are very helpful, but really anyone can say, oh yeah, I do this specialty. And then it's kind of a question of what they're like, what's their background, what's their experience. So, um, you know, it's, I I think it's great when you can go through a very, you know, structured training to make sure that you really know Mm -hmm. what you're doing. Cause when people come to see you, they. They just want help, you know, and they want help as soon as they can get it. So I think that's really yeah. important to yeah. have the right training. Um,
0: I'm, I'm sure it's the same over there as it is here. You know, you have to, under, well, I had to go, undergo a lot of personal therapy and stuff like that. I'd imagine going into the work of sex therapy, you know, it, it's going to bring up a lot of your own issues that you got to, you got to work through before you're in a better position than to, to work with the clients that you work with.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I still have mm, my own therapist. Too. I go to therapy, you know, very regularly. Um, And I've got just to be, I'll just be vulnerable with you. I don't, I don't mind sharing this. But, you know, I've got my own history of sexual assault and, you know, trauma therapy around that and group therapy around that. And so I went through, you know, a long process of that on my own. And even through all of that, you still, have, you know, when you see a client, it's like, looking into a mirror Mm -hmm. someone's story can almost bring up your own story right so it's you really got to know how to how you're taking care of yourself so you can take care of your clients
0: and again you know an important point that you touched on you know the kind of difference in life coaching and stuff like that doesn't require i suppose the the therapy etc that we have to go through to you know work through our own issues so there's always that danger of transference and counter-transference of what can come up in the therapy if we if we haven't worked through our own stuff and when we're dealing with something like sex, you know, that is something that really needs, uh, you really need to be comfortable in your own sexuality to be able to have that conversation for when a client comes in and brings up something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, if I can bring it on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what you want to talk about? Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you can see that embarrassment. (laughs) I I see it in clients and you can see see them squirming. It's like, do you think there's stuff I haven't heard in here? Like, you know.
1: Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, because people do get really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I think if, if you can, if you're, all, I think as a therapist, you just learn to accept people being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like you, you get used to the uncomfortable emotion in the room. And once you do, once you're able to do that and overcome that and you're right at the counter into the transfer counter, all that is, you got to have a grip on that. So when someone is uncomfortable, it's like, Hey, I'm here. <laughs> I've yeah, heard it yeah, all. Yeah. You know, you'll be okay. And, and they'll get there when they're ready. You know, you just want to make it as easy
0: as possible. Yeah. And them. a lot of that as you says, coming back down to, to your own comfort. Of putting them at ease by saying that you are comfortable mm-hmm. talking about this no more than you'd be going into your doctor and showing them a cut on your leg it's like oh yeah I've seen fucking millions of cuts on legs this this is not new to me you know what 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 are you going to show me here yeah. you know, just being comfortable in your own skin and being comfortable with the uh, the topic and being able to put them at ease then as a result of going oh actually gee this isn't actually this isn't phase her in, in the slightest okay maybe I'm not going to be judged here maybe there's yeah. not going to be You know, maybe this is going to be an open conversation and maybe I can talk about things that I've never spoke about before to anyone.
1: Absolutely. I think clients can, you know, if if a therapist is uncomfortable around sex, they can read on your face. You know what I mean? Like they can see if if it's not a comfortable topic. So it's nice when I can hear them. No judgment on my face. We're going to roll with that. And it does really kind of, you know, bring the guard down and make that make that a topic that becomes more easily. It's easily, more easily approachable.
0: There ain't nothing do yeah. it but to do it. Is there any is it. there
1: um <laughs> Yeah. Well, where would you like me to get started? You know, did you have a question in mind to kind of like kick things off of uh Yeah, well let's yeah, I suppose let's let's go with, with
0: what you know. And because I'd imagine actually you talk we talk as we talk about group therapy. I remember when I was doing my degree and we were doing group dynamics and stuff like that. Uh, which will come up in you know in group therapy and stuff like that. And we went through the phases, and um, the tutor wrote on the board. He goes, "Okay, tell me about the first time you came into therapy or came into class. What was that like? You know, after a couple of months, what did that look like? What did that look like? What did that look like?" And he wrote down, and everyone everyone wrote out their experiences. And the tutor came around to me, and he says, "I uh, says, oh, what what do you think about that, Alan?" And and I said, "I said to Tony, I said Tony, i said, I'd say you do this exercise with every class, right?" He's like, I do, yeah. He's like, and, mm-hmm. and and what then? And I said, and I'd say you get nearly identical answers every single class you do it in. He goes, right, okay. Right, Right, what makes you say that? I said, because people are people. You know, overall people mm-hmm. are people. So the clients we have here are going to be very similar because we're humans. We have sex. It's a huge part of, of our lives. The absence of it is a huge part of our lives. Yeah. So I suppose the easiest way to kick off would be what are some of the most common issues that you see that you would work with on on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say the most common I have I work with a lot of couples. So my tough practice fork. is I would say probably 80% couples. Yeah. Uh and I in it it's tough but it's it's what I love doing uh, in whatever odd way that it's just, you know, you find your clientele and you're like, yeah, this is what I love doing. Even though it gets, it is hard. Cause you have that extra mm. person in the room, right? It's not just you and an individual. Um, I love it because, um, you really get the whole picture. Like you get to see the relationship dynamic. You know, if I have an individual that's having relationship troubles or sexual troubles and it involves their partner, but I don't get mm. to know their partner it's so nice to have that knowledge and see the other person's perspective and see, like, you can see the dynamic play out in the room, right? And I'm kind of there to go, hey, here's what I'm seeing. Do you guys realize this is the cycle that Mm. you're in? And sometimes they don't recognize that. Um, But as far as sex goes, I would say, um, well, it's a few things. Usually it's a couple that will come in. Um, It is some desire discrepancy, right? Libidos don't match. One partner has the higher libido. One partner doesn't want to have sex as much. Um, And there can be some frustration, feelings of resentment there um, that will come into the room. And so I go through, I do, anytime someone comes to me for sex therapy, I I have an assessment I use. And what I'm trying to evaluate is, um, one, what their relationship dynamic is. So it could be a couple things. They could have a great relationship. They could communicate really well. And so then it's like, okay, what's going on? But on the opposite end, it could be a very unhealthy, toxic relationship. And in that case, it's like, we really need to get you guys in a healthier place because if you're mad at each other all the time, if one of you feels criticized or insulted all the time, or even if there's like verbal abuse going on, there's really not a lot of room for sex to be happening Mm. in a dynamic like that, right? So there's that. And then, you know, let's say they have a great relationship, then it's like pinpointing okay, what's, what's behind this this slow libido, right? Um, you always want to rule out medical mm. issues. I will say in my experience, it's usually not a yeah, medical issue. Right. Now, if someone has, um, it could be like if someone had a, a, a you know, I'm, I'm just thinking like if they had like diabetes and like that was affecting sexual function or something like that, right? But that's, I feel like that's very rare. Usually it's psychological. Mm-hmm. So, then I'm, so then if we rule out medical stuff, a common one once you all throw this in here for men, a lot of men will, will go to the doctor and see if they have low testosterone. I will say in my experience, low testosterone is like a very tiny piece of the puzzle. You can, you can, you can get testosterone. You can increase it. It's, it may not affect libido at all. Um, same with like erection, and everything. So then you're evaluating, okay, what's the, what's the psychological piece? Now it could be re- some religious trauma. Okay. Uh, Religion is very sex mm. negative. And so if I have a couple that they're they're each other's only sexual partner and they waited until marriage, it's not uncommon for one or both of them, to really be almost scared of sex in a way, like it's been such a sin that their whole life and then you get married and boom, now it's allowed. Well, the shame doesn't just like go away. It's not a light switch that just goes on and off. So there's still still some shame around like being a sexual person. So it could be like that aspect, right? Um, It could also be like, are they confused on their own sexuality? Do they even know what they really like? What is their view of sex, right? So if... um, you know I, I will tell you this like if either one of them or if both of them has this view of sex of like I just have to please the other person that's a, that's a, that's a sex negative message to me because like where's mm. your pleasure and some people get really uncomfortable putting their pleasure first and I, I always have this saying I'm like be a little bit selfish <laughs> with it like you have mm-hmm. to know what you like you have to know what feels good because then you can communicate that with your partner. They can help you with that. It really needs to be a sexual – it needs to be a mutually satisfying experience. And that concept can be really new to people. you know. And then a part of it too is like some people as well, like let's say their relationship is really great and their libido is really low. I will always look at it from an attachment lens as well. Like some people, based on their attachment, chaos is their mm-hmm. norm. They're more comfortable with that. They're more comfortable to have sex without the vulnerability, right? Like, if I'm not emotionally connected to you, it's going to be easier for me to yeah, fuck yeah. you. Basically, just, just fuck them and choke them. So then, when they get into this, yeah, like, hey, we're getting mm. this done. Like that felt great, and you know, the casual sex the yeah. when I say that, those can all be really fun and feel friends great. With so then no you get intimacy. It's
0: just, it's just sex. Yeah,
1: no it. intimacy. Exactly, sex and intimacy. There's intimacy within sex, but intimacy is also so outside of, of sex. Yeah. Two totally different things. that I think people don't realize. So then, when they're in this healthy, calm. Good relationship, it almost feels quote unquote boring, mm-hmm. even though it's not boring, but it's just like there's a discomfort between like how do I view myself as a sexual person with this person who knows me so emotionally intimate right? So there's like that attachment lens too. so when I'm doing that assessment, I'm really just trying to figure out with them what's what's going on right? What are we pinpointing and then when we learn that, that's where the techniques really come in to figure out. Hey, what do we do about this? How are we opening? How are we opening conversations about this? And how do we get you to a point where you're more comfortable in this area? So it's you know, the the presenting problem can be, can look the same amongst a lot of people, but the issue behind it could be very different. Mm.
0: So, so what would typically something or how would you work then with uh, like that that sexual discrepancy of one person wanting more? Um, I suppose a stereotype is the man's looking for it all the time and she has a headache or she doesn't want it as often and this, this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Does that manifest then in reality? Is that typically, is it typically a male to female kind of thing or is it, is it across the board equal?
1: Yeah, I would say it's across the board Mm -hmm. equal. You know, I think it's really a myth that the man always wants more Mm -hmm. sex. I've actually seen that. That's not nearly as true as you would think. Um, And I think that stigma in and of itself is problematic because um, I've also seen it where like, you know, I'll see a, a married couple, man and woman, and the woman is frustrated. I've heard it before. Well, he's the man. He should want sex even more than me. Like, what's mm-hmm. wrong with him? And I'm like, hold on. We need to throw that, that myth out the window because uh, there's really nothing wrong with him. He's not the only man in the world that has a lower libido Mm. than his wife. So normalizing it is a huge intervention, like really kind of debunking these, you know, sexual expectations that may not even be real. And it's even good to pose the question. Like, is your, whenever I hear a bunch of these myths, it's like, is your libido higher or, or are you kind of forcing it because that's where you should be kind of like, well, we should be having sex twice a week. That's what a healthy marriage is. Sex twice a week. We got to be having it. And I'm like, do you even want it twice a week or are you just Mm. saying, are you just quote unquote wanting that because it's going to be problematic if that doesn't happen? So it's really, you know, evaluating that too. Um, And how I would work with them is one, really slowing it down, right? It's never like, Hey, let's just schedule twice a week. It's like, let's slow things down. Let's talk about, are we having intimate times outside of sex? Are we having non-sexual intimacy? Usually the answer is no because if we're if we're intimate it has to lead to sex. Well, that's pressure, right? That can lead to some anxiety. So how are we lowering pressure? How are we lowering anxiety? How are we implementing intimacy in a non-sexual way? And how do we get that to transfer into sex? And usually the lower libido partner kind of has to it has to be okay to slow down and they have to learn to be okay with like being a little bit selfish. What do you want in this? How can you share that with the higher libido partner? Once you get that understanding, it becomes less about the frequency. You'll see that shift. Hey, we're not having sex enough. Well, if we reach an understanding and we learn each other more, that pressure of like, "Oh my god, it's been 7 days and we that will go away. Because you'll understand each other, you'll it'll be more comfortable. You won't worry about or I guess I should say there's more of a trust that sex is not going to fall mm-hmm. to the wayside, right? If it happens, trusting each other, we're going to keep this part of our relationship alive. It doesn't have to be every seven days or whatever number they had in their head. So that's really the key, right? There's tons of, of methods to get people there, but um, almost unlearning all the Mm -hmm. shitty stuff that people (laughs) believe about sex and how it should look. And I
0: think you touched on an important piece there as well of these kind of gender stereotypes um, of the expectation of, you know, I I think you'd you'd mentioned there earlier of, well, it's my job to please them or something. I think maybe, I think maybe older generations of women that would have been there of, you know, you're there to please your husband and, you know, he touched on religion and stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, Ireland as a, as a Catholic and sex shaming and everything around the church and, you know, women women in the past being basically victims of marital rape of, well, just go home and do your marital duty and be the good little wife now and you know, and these, these beliefs get imparted, mm-hmm. they get passed down and, you know, the expectation that uh, women shouldn't be pleasured and women shouldn't be wanting sex and, you know, it's not okay and you know, it's it's the man, and the man has to initiate sex all the time, and this this kind of stuff. Do the you, you see those those gender, I suppose cliches or outdated kind of views? Do they manifest then within within the therapy room?
1: Oh, absolutely, and 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 uh and uh, kind of on a, I'll, I'll give you an ex- mm. just a brief example. But you you mentioned marital rape. Um, I've had a case, luckily just one case where that was disclosed at some point in the room, but they did not realize that's what it was. Like what was being described? It was kind of like, Oh yeah, here's our dynamic. And I'm like, Hey, that's not okay. You know, that's Mm. abuse because it, it, and it was kind of religion based. It was like sex can never, the answer can never be no was like their belief. The wife always has to say yes, that like your body belongs to me kind of concept. So when I want it, you have to agree to that. Um, and there were times where she didn't want to, and it really became a struggle kind of giving in. I'm like, that is really abusive and unhealthy. Um, and so then, you know, they were coming to me cause she had the lower libido. And so then when that's disclosed to me, it's like, of course yeah. she has the lower libido cause she doesn't yeah, feel yeah. safe with you. If you don't feel safe. Why would you, why would you want to? And when we talk about safety, I think people also have this belief that like, when you're married, you should you should always give yourself to your spouse. Like they're your person. You can feel safer in a one night stand than you can mm. with your spouse. Right? Like if you go out to a bar, like I'm thinking from my perspective, if I go out to a bar, I'm married now, but you know, in the past, if I would go out and there was a guy I was attracted to, he was attracted to me. He respected me all night, bought me a couple drinks, was really nice to me invited me to go back. That feels safe and respectful. That's, you can consent to yeah, having yeah, sex yeah. with someone like that. But if you're, if, but if you've been married for a long time and your spouse is basically telling you, you don't have a choice, you have to give me sex. You're not going to feel safe with that person. So it's, is it really a little libido or is it more like, I'm kind of yeah, scared yeah. of you and I don't want to do that with you. Right. I mean, totally different. So I've definitely seen that play out and you know, those beliefs and the, uh, the purity culture stuff, and it's really hard I mean, really I mean, you're in Texas, really tr- traditionally fairly right wing, fairly years. Christian
0: mm-hmm. um, in its outlook. Uh, Ireland, as I says, being traditionally yeah. Catholic. Sex as shameful and dirty, and uh, you know we're, we're brought up with these sort of beliefs. Uh, what what do you see within the religion sex dynamic? You know, wh- how, how does that manifest yeah. in your work?
1: I think, so in in general, you're right, being in Texas, very conservative, Christian, very heavy in the religion. Religion is very big. Um, Women really get the brunt of that. You know, men get more Mm. of a pass to have sex as much as they want. Women don't. But then women can't say no either. You know, it's kind of like, oh, women should keep their legs closed. But if they say no to a man, like, you're a prude, you're a bitch. Like, it's just like, you can't win. Um. You can't win at all. And so in my line of work, um, because I'm a secular counselor, I'm not I'm personally mm-hmm. not religious at all. I don't bring faith into my counseling space. And so a majority of my clients, I think, come to me because of that. Like I have seen time and time again, hey, I want to come see you because I don't want a Christian mm-hmm. counselor. I want someone who's gonna help me unpack the religious trauma I've been through. So a lot of my clients are maybe were religious in the past and no longer are, but are unpacking what that means for them. Or, you know, I have clients who are religious, but are, the more they're learning about their sexuality, the more they're learning the parts of their religion that they disagree with. And that's really conflicting too, because like you want to have your faith, like you don't want that, you don't want to leave that part of you, but there's so many messages in that faith that are very conflicting to like being your authentic self. And so I've seen that in this space several times. Of just you know what does that even mean yeah. for me as I go through
0: my own yeah, journey, and it, do, it does have massive implications. I remember oh years ago now at this stage I had a I had a young guy. He was only say about fifteen and um, only child, and raised raised in a very religious in a very religious house. And um, it just uh, really it really had a strong impact on him. He, like I said, he was fifteen. He was obviously he was hitting puberty. He's masturbating. A fifteen-year-old, what do you do? <laughs> That's about all you do. You go to school. You fucking masturbate. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> but he he was worried
0: about going to hell because he masturbated. You know, and mm-hmm. you're like, Jesus, dude. You you know, you're you're fifteen. Like, this this is have at it. Like, you know, this this is what what else are you going to be doing? You've got all these sexual urges. You're discovering your body. You're figuring out your own sexuality, and you're doing that then with the fear of eternal damnation you know and it's It, it, mm-hmm. it really it, it took a lot even at his young age to kind of to kind of unpack that um and
1: it takes a lot it takes a long time and i've seen that several times as well um i remember one of my first this was one of my first clients before i even was exploring sex therapy i was kind of in that phase of, like figuring out what i wanted to do um teenage male um and uh there was this like fear of death. That's all I knew. It was like I'm just worried I'm gonna die at any second. And like, what do you do with that? Right? It's like, oh, huh, I wonder why that's happening. Um, a big part of it is that he was masturbating, but was having to hide it. Like his parents had caught him one time. Super shame mm-hmm. for it. Like this is the ultimate sin. How dare you do this? Super shame for it. But shame thrives yeah. in secrecy, yeah. right? When it's a secret, you want to do it even more. You're gonna keep doing it. It's like I think when people have shame, they they create these rules. I've seen it before. I've had male clients go, well, I'm just not going to masturbate anymore. And then I won't feel so bad about it. And I'm like, so what are you going to do when you inevitably, <laughs> inevitably break that rule? Cause you will, you're not going to keep that rule. Um, so the, the real work is not, you can't deny yourself something that's pleasurable. You really got to figure out how to, uh, accept that you enjoy doing that. And that you're not a terrible person going to hell because you do, but that is that is definitely a very um, a lot of people with Catholic yeah, yeah, religion yeah. <laughs> report that that masturbation is really this big sin, and I always wonder mm. where that comes from. I'm like, I don't know where that stemmed from, why that was ever a belief, but it can take a very long time for someone to accept that they enjoy doing that.
0: Did, did you ever see a, um, a very long masturbation time. become an issue yeah. between couples? where someone does this or the other person has an issue with it, again, has that belief mm-hmm. that it's dirty or it's sinful or mm-hmm. does that manifest in the therapy room?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And usually what happens is uh, it's usually you know the male who will masturbate, but it's not allowed, it, in their mind, not allowed to masturbate. So it's more, it's, you know, they're going to do it more and more because it's so shameful. It's like the shame cycle. So they're masturbating all the time. Their wife knows that they're masturbating, but they think mm. that they don't know, right? Like, oh, I'm hiding it. Their wife knows. When you when there's a lot of shame around masturbating, it's not just the masturbation, it's like shame around who you are as a sexual person. They as a person feel so much shame. They're not wanting to have sex with their partner. Not because they're not attracted to their partner, but because like they feel so shitty. They're not bringing the sexual aspect into the room with their partner. So then they're so then their wife is in the room like we haven't had sex in such a long time, but you're in there masturbating all the time. Of course, they're going to feel rejected. Like, why would you rather do that mm. than be with me? And it's usually nothing about the spouse. There's so much shame wrapped up in it that it really does. People don't think it will. It will affect your couple sexuality, and it's it's really tough to see because their partners. Uh, that that's you know they're they're wondering, what's going on? What's wrong with me? You know, and that's yeah, tough to yeah. see
0: uh you, you kind of touched on it a little bit there uh yeah. lindsey one of the other questions i wanted to ask was um kind of couples in a dry spell we'll say you know it's been it's been a long time since i've mm-hmm. had sex H- how do you work with something like that or what what advice would you give to the listeners that may be maybe going through something like that
1: yeah the advice i would give them um one again i always normalize it so i have the i i have what's called like A lapse versus a relapse, what I mean by that is, uh, let's say someone comes to me, their sex life is improving, and then they quote unquote relapse, meaning like they go all the way back to square one. That's like worst case scenario. That's what I would hate to see. So you never want it to go on too long. And so, but I always normalize if it's a lapse, that's normal. Lapse meaning maybe we've had a rough Mm -hmm. couple of weeks. Maybe it's been a month since we had sex. But are we talking about that? Because if we're not even talking about it, it's going to go on longer and longer and longer. And then resentment and frustration build. So one is always communicating. I would say if it's been longer than two to three weeks, you don't want it to you don't want to you want to at least have a conversation if it's been mm. about that long. Because depending on what's going on in life, like if someone is um You know, if someone is experiencing like sexual pain, maybe it's hard to have intercourse for whatever, but like you can still have sex otherwise, but you got to be talking about that. So one is communicating Two is if you want to kind of come out of that dry spell, really talking about what kind of intimacy is going to get you out of it. Like I know for me personally, if my husband gives me a massage, like 10 minute massage, I'm (laughs) relaxed. I'm more in the mood (laughs) than I was 10 minutes ago. I feel connected with him. That's all it's going to take for me to get there with him again. When I've had, especially if I had like a stressful week. So really identifying, well, what's the intimacy that's going to get you there? Because you also don't want to like, you don't want to come home and it's like, Hey, it's been two weeks. You know, let's have sex real quick and get this over with. It's like, no, no, no. How is it going to feel natural and Mm -hmm. good for both of you? And what does that mean for you? When are you setting aside time for that? Um, and couples always, no one ever wants to schedule sex. Everyone's like, I don't <laughs> want to schedule sex. I'm like, well, I get that. You. It's like, I have to have an erection at six <laughs> o'clock. Okay. I can, I can get how that would feel like pressure, but are you making time to connect? Because every, everyone can always have the excuse of like, oh, we've been so busy. And I'm like, you're not so busy that you can't put aside mm. 10, 20 minutes just to connect, just to touch each other. See, see where that goes, how that feels. Right, so that's usually how I would advise someone to get yeah.
0: out of that. Yeah, so, as I said, kind of, and you mentioned it earlier of building that intimacy outside of the bedroom, and we, and we spoke about this recently, myself and Ashley, of you know, you know, mm-hmm. treat her, treat her right outside of the bedroom, and you know, she's there's a more likelihood you're going to be treated right in the bedroom, you know, and not just that expectation of, all right, let's mm-hmm. go, go, go. but you know, I know we kind of joke there of schedule and mm-hmm. sex, but you know, the reality in a modern life, especially people that may have children, is sometimes that's required. Right? The fucking kids, the kids are away on fucking yes. Saturday, like, you know, let's let's build toward that. As soon as that fucking front door closes, <laughs> let's let's go for it like, 'cause we've got a we've got an hour. You know, and, and it can be a case like that. And you know, it's not that there's anything wrong with that, yeah. but you take your you, you take your chances when they present themselves.
1: Absolutely. I think there's nothing wrong with mm. scheduling it. And you know, I, I I've had clients who are like Having it on the calendar kind of gets rid of the guessing game, right? Like we're not just assuming like it's gonna happen tonight, it's gonna happen this, is gonna happen. It's like it's on the calendar, and to me, it shows I'm making this a priority. Like if I had, if our sex night is on Thursday, I'm not gonna go and schedule a night out with the girls mm-hmm. on Thursday, right? You know what I mean? Like that's our night together. That's special to me. And what are we going to do with that time? You don't have to just have sex and it's over. It's like you can lead up to it. You can have sex. You can have your aftercare after like we're cuddling. Maybe we go get food together. It's your special night. And so scheduling can really be a beautiful thing because it does get rid of the guessing game. You don't have to wonder, is it going to be a week or three weeks? It can can also, I
0: think, lead into what I've seen with clients. It can lead into a bit of anticipation then as well. Well, ooh, you know, it's a nice, you know, and you're yeah, kind of looking forward anticipation, to it. Yeah, they might, they yeah. Sending sexy messages or, you know, with that anticipation of later on. So, you know, it's not it's not unsexy. Or it can be made sexy to, to schedule sex.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: You, you, you mentioned. You, you I mentioned agree
1: the, completely. That's a really, the positive. Anticipation yeah, you mentioned the, the
0: Thursday night, we'll say is sex night. One, one of the very common things I'll, I'll get with clients and, you know, I throw back such a therapist reply and I'm sure you can do the same is, oh, what's the, you know, what's the normal? <laughs> How often are you meant to be having sex a week? What, what's normal? Like, what's what's the normal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what do you see? Is is there a normal?
1: Yeah. Yeah, There's there's really no normal. I think there's, for whatever reason, I don't know where this came from, but I hear it all the time. Oh, it has to yeah, be twice yeah. a week. I'm like, where are you getting that from? I do. I don't know where that comes from. Um, There's really no. There's really no normal. Um, What I would shoot for, like, if someone were to ask me, what's a good like goal to have? I would say Mm. at least once a week. But life also just happens, right? Your kid gets sick. You're taking care of them Mm. five days. It's like there's just going to be times where it's like it just isn't the time. So if it can't happen once a week. Like, let's say it goes longer than that. If it's been about two, two and a half weeks where it hasn't happened, that's where I would at least be having the conversation. Like, we need to check in with each other. Are we good? Are we okay? Are we okay that it's been over two weeks, right? Um, It's kind of what I would say. So not a super definitive answer, but, and then everyone's so different too, right? Like you might have a couple that they have sex three or four times a week. Maybe that works for them. That may not Mm -hmm. work for everybody. Right, because um, the last thing I ever want is I, I think um, when someone when a couple comes to me for a desire discrepancy, the lower libido partner usually feels broken, like oh there's something wrong with me. I always want to let them know there's nothing wrong with you. That you may just have a lower libido. There's there doesn't have to be like a reason for that. the The goal is just what's going to be more comfortable for you to kind of you know bring mm. you up a little bit, make you more comfortable with sex, and then the higher libido partner understanding them more right you don't have to you're never gonna like fully match and i tell couples that from the beginning the goal here is not hey we're gonna have the exact same libido <laughs> because that may not be a realistic goal so yeah that that would be my answer to that as far as like what yeah, is exactly. normal yeah,
0: there isn't a, as I said, it's a real cop-out answer i suppose As but it's, it's, it's what's yeah. normal for you you know in a relationship where it's like oh we used to have we used to have exactly. sex once a week now it's been you know it's been six weeks you know so I know. So, as I say, someone else could be mm-hmm. three or four times a week, and it's like, "Geez, we only had sex twice last week." Like, what's 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 going on here? Um, so, I think it's, I think it's important to, to yeah. differentiate that bit of there isn't really a normal. There's, there's really what's normal normal for you.
1: Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. That's that's usually well, what I one say. of
0: the common things I'd see with clients is, uh, and you touched on it there, is the lack of communication. They're not talking about it. You know, mm-hmm. they've they've gone maybe. Mm-mm two months three months i've had people go eight nine months you know without without sex and no one's fucking talking about it <laughs> you know both both people and mm-hmm. and i think a lot of the miscommunication comes up go, well they obviously don't want it because if they wanted it they would initiate and the other person's thinking the exact same fucking thing and they're and they're both there going oh yeah, well they obviously exactly. don't want it so there's no point
1: yeah i always say that the silence is loud
0: Love that. When yeah, we're not I talking about
1: it. It's the same when we grow up. It's the same when we grow up. Um, I In my assessment, I always ask, you know, what was your sex education and was sex mm-hmm. talked about at home? Usually, the answer I get, being in Texas, no sex education, never talked about at home. And what's crazy is kids learn what sex oh, is yeah. somehow, usually yeah. from their friends. They they see, mm-hmm. you know, porn. They see a magazine. They see a picture. Uh, teenagers know what it's like to be horny, to want to have sex. They mm-hmm. don't even know what that looks like, but they know what it's like to be attracted to people, you know? So we're not talking about it, but it's like, they should, it's there. Right. And so because it's never talked about, and when I say the silence is loud, it means this is a dirty topic that's gross and we don't need to talk about it. So then when you, when you get in a relationship, You don't want to talk about it then either because it's it's too taboo. I'm not going to go there, but you need to read my mind.
0: (laughs) You should know
1: that this is what I want. It's like, I can't. Yeah. So I think that's really, that's what it is, is they've never, they've never had anyone talk to them about it. They don't know how to talk about it. And I've also heard it where. Um, You know, couples are really, like, worried about hurting the other person's feeling. Well, if I give them feedback, it's going to hurt their feeling. I'm like, we got to get over the hurt feelings. If your partner is telling you they like something or like, hey, could you try this thing instead because maybe Mm. I would like that better, it's not an insult to you. You don't know how to – you don't know what's going to feel the best if you're not talking about it. And I also recommend, too, and I know this makes people uncomfortable, you have to talk during sex, too. It doesn't have to be a full-blown conversation. But if you're giving feedback in the middle of sex, hey, try this instead, hey, go down lower, Mm -hmm. hey, let's do this, you're kind of directing it a little bit. You're going to get what you want. And if your partner is secure enough, they're going to give you what you want. And they're going to feel good about that too. Doesn't it feel great when your partner's like, damn, that was so good. You're like, yeah,
0: Fuck
1: yeah it was good. Right. But you got to have, but you gotta have yeah. that feedback. You just sit back there going. get there. Yeah. And, it wasn't and, and it. no one's talking about it. <laughs> 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 yeah. You're like, damn, right. I, I know. That was great.
0: Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. But that's because I was telling you where to go. <laughs> yeah. Remember last week I was telling you, left a bit, left. (laughs) yeah yeah
1: (laughs) i gave you the road map you went on the right road okay (laughs) google maps baby
0: (laughs) at the first moment turn left (laughs) that's the that's the key
1: you know (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) just siri talking to you in the corner (laughs) telling you where to go
0: (laughs) but you know i i but it is vital that communication (laughs) is absolutely vital and i say it to couples you know and as you said you know uh, you know what was your sex education one one of the things I'd say i I'd, I'd ask clients the same question what sends as big a message as talking about sex is not talking about sex. This is not something we talk about in this mm-hmm. house you know the the famous with the famous one in Ireland would be if a if a sex scene come on the movie or something you you look away there now you 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 don't be looking at this what message is that send? this is dirty or it makes it taboo. And now you're like, oh, now your interest yeah. is peaked. and now it's now it's something yeah. dirty, and then it becomes something shameful, and you know all of these little messages that we take for granted send a massive, uh, create a massive impression around sex and, and what sex is, and our attitudes towards it.
1: Absolutely. Um, do you have you seen that movie? I think it's called Unfaithful with um, Diane Lane and Richard Gere. No. So it's a I, I I'm. Just, Sharing a personal story here, but something you just said made me think of this. I think the movie is called Unfaithful. I might be getting the title wrong. But anyways, they're married, but she has an affair with this younger guy. And there's sex scenes in the movie. Really hot sex. I thought I was like maybe like 14 watching this movie at night, like on the couch. You know, my parents were asleep. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be watching this. But of course, I watched the whole movie because it was fucking hot. I was like, oh, my God. Um, And so the next day. I guess you could like see what you had watched and my mom like freaked out like, Oh my God, like you didn't watch this movie. Did you? And of course Mm. I lied. I was like, no, no, I didn't. I was like asleep. It was just like on. And she was like, she go, I will never forget this. Oh, I'm so proud of you. You did the right thing. You did the right thing by turning it off. You like you knew that you shouldn't have watched. I'm so proud of you. So proud of me for this thing that I like Mm. lied about. I, I remember those core memories of like, I'm wrong for enjoying what was on the screen and that stuff carries with you because when you get older and you can, you can engage, there's still that pullback of like, am I gross for like wanting to do these things? I mean, totally have to wrap your head around it, but I just think of even my own personal stuff, like the messages I got around sex yeah, were not yeah. that great
0: either. Uh, as you mentioned movies mm-hmm. there, Lindsay, one, one movie that comes to mind uh, for me is the movie Shame. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Michael Fassbender as a, as a sex addict.
1: No, it's an I absolutely so.
0: fantastic look mm-hmm. into sex addiction. And I think, you know, as, as we mm-hmm. talk about sex, it is something I think we should touch on as, as a subject, because I get a lot of, you know, as a male mm-hmm. therapist, I get a lot of men coming into me, mm-hmm. particularly young men, um, you know kind of early 20s kind of thing coming in oh, I think I'm a sex addict or I'm addicted to porn and stuff like this and um, I think now would be probably a good chance to clean up a lot of uh, misconceptions around sex addiction what it is and what it isn't mm-hmm. um, and I think one of the first things to stay it around at is sex addiction is not having a lot of sex <laughs> that, that does not make it as you were saying a high mm-hmm. libido or something like that that does not make you a sex addict, and yeah. it's technically not a diagnosis.
1: yeah, I'm glad we're talking about this actually because i am um, i I'm just gonna share my personal view and I, I know mm. not everyone agrees with this, but I actually don't believe that sex addiction is real, and in a way, I kind of think it's a little bit of a cop out i mean, I'm gonna explain what I mean by that now, I will say with a little caveat here, I do think that there is out of control problematic mm. behavior. Like, you can easily be violating people's boundaries. You can be losing your job. You can be um, offensive, hurtful. Like, there's things that people do within their sexuality. that are obviously problematic that need to be treated. So I will say that. I'm not saying that people aren't doing bad stuff Mm. out there because they are. But um, my issue with the term sex addiction is that – when we say that term, I'm also, I'm kind of comparing it to like, let's say like a, mm. like a drug addiction. Like if you go to like drug addiction treatment, the goal is that you're not going to use drugs anymore. So when we talk about sex addiction treatment. It's like, are we not having sex anymore? A lot of times it'll be kind of that like, hey, I'm going to abstain from sex for this long. Well, sexuality is part of who we are. So it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to completely like remove that from the table. Right. Um, And usually when someone has a problematic behavior and sex is involved, it's usually from, like, a personality disorder, issues around, like, interpersonal relationships, like poor emotional regulation, poor stress management. Um, It's usually those things that are kind of the root that I would, like, kind of deal with. And, you know, sex, uh, people use sex as, like, a way to cope. But when you, when you do that to the extreme, it's really, uh, like inappropriate and, and violating. Right. Um, and also when I say cop out, I think of people like, um, like Harvey Weinstein or there was like a guy that had, he had killed a bunch of sex workers. I don't remember like where this was, but he got, he got arrested for, for murdering sex workers. And he tried to use well, Oh, oh, I'm a sex guy. I couldn't help it. And it's like, (laughs) that's bullshit. Like it has nothing to do. It's like, it's Mm. like you hate women. Clearly that's Mm. the real issue. And that's kind of your own stuff to deal with. And so, you know, people will use that, that term as kind of a cop out. And I'm like, I don't really like that because it's not really about sex. You're just using that as like your way to cope in your own weird way. When really like there's a lot of other unhealthy stuff going on with you. So I'm really, um,
0: cautious with
1: that term now if i have someone if i have a client who's like if i have a client who's like hey i'm a sex addict i don't want to invalidate them so i probably wouldn't tell i'm not going to tell them oh i don't believe in that i'm just going to roll with that language but then explain to them like yeah why do you think that like and then when you kind of assess them and get to know them then i can share that feedback of like here's what i think really could be going on right how do you feel about working on these things so um that's my that's my view on it and you're right it's not a it's not an official diagnosis but yeah. some people think
0: yeah I think, I, I think you're right i think with that cop-out you know the the fan tiger was like you know some celebrity gets caught fucking a prostitute oh, i'm a sex addict you know straight away oh, i'm you know that's the yeah. that's that's the cop-out piece i I'd probably i disagree a little bit in terms of mm-hmm. but because i probably disagree around mm-hmm. addiction I, I would typically say to clients well addiction is you know in its simplest in the simplest criteria of an inability to stop despite the negative consequences on your life so if you're getting caught watching mm-hmm. pornography in work yeah. you're after you're on your final warning you get fired because of it or uh your wife or your spouse has found out you're going with prostitutes all the time and you get caught and you're still doing it uh, you know i think i think there's that element of addiction of the negative impact on your life in in that sense and and it can manifest yeah. as different things, you know. But if there is the cop out element, but as you said, and you know, as with any addiction, what's mm-hmm. underneath all of that, you know, uh, I would I would typically ask clients around addiction, yeah, you know, what oh, what's your mood modifier of choice? So maybe sex is is your way of feeling something. That's mm-hmm. your that's your you know. But substances, you would say, what's what's your chemical comforter? You know what oh this is so you feel stressed so you right. uh, you go off and look at porn or you go off with prostitutes or you do whatever you, whatever it may be because that's your way of not feeling what you're currently feeling so so getting to the to the underlying piece of 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 the yeah. behavior yeah. rather than you know for for our listeners quotation marks treating the quotation marks addiction or what what's the behavior underneath all of mm-hmm. this. Um so but I just thought I just thought important to clarify that point around sex addiction isn't having a high libido. And sex addiction isn't officially a classification. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad that you shared that perspective too. Um and just to share with you, this is kind of just um knowledge I share with everyone. I never use the word prostitute. I always use Mm. the word sex worker. Um prostitute is very, very um, stigma and i and i know you didn't mean it this way i'm just sharing it with all the listeners too but prostitute I really oh, yes, yeah 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 i i think there's a lot, there's a negative stigma like i think sex worker kind of humanizes their work a little bit more um and so i'll always say sex worker instead of prostitute because you know prostitute the negative stigma around that um a lot of people especially in the past it, it is viewed negatively right like i'm even thinking of like the aspect of crime, right? Like um, a sex worker probably cannot go to the police if they've been sexually assaulted, raped, um, injured in any kind of way because of the work they do. And so in the past it's been like, oh, they're just a prostitute. Like who really cares? And even when, um, you know, sex workers have been, have been killed before their cases haven't been taken seriously because of the the line of work that they do um and so you'll notice like when you look at when you look at that line of work and sex workers and um like professionals who help sex workers that 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 uh language has changed a lot really to humanize them like they're a person but the work they do is, is sex work so i just wanted to share that with you on uh you know just that language there
0: one of the other most common things, as I said, as as a male therapist, I get a lot of male clients, particularly young male male clients. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things that I see um, within male clients is erectile dysfunction, you know, whether that's premature mm-hmm. ejaculation or the inability to get an erection and the issues that that causes. Is that something that you would see then in, in your own work?
1: Oh, yeah, I see that quite often. Um With premature ejaculation, I always want to ask what that means, Um, and I might even refer to the DSM for that Mm -hmm. Um, because uh, I've I've had it before. Someone said I had premature ejaculation, and I asked, well, how long is it taking you? I think their answer was like 10 minutes or something. (laughs) Like it was, I was like, okay, that's not really. There's (laughs) many women out
0: there going, I fucking wish (laughs) (laughs) 10 minutes. (laughs) Fucking hell.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. So like very, um, like a lot, but of course, you know, if like, they're only looking at porn and and those guys are lasting so long, I must be. So even just a little education on that, like, that's not really. Um, but if it is a very short time, um, I I would I would look into you know is there some anxiety there mm. um, you know if there's some anxiety it can kind of make you make you come a lot faster than you want to and you know I might even look into edging um, do you know what edging is yeah, edging, yeah I recommend that too yeah. yeah yeah so edging is uh, when you're about to come and then you kind of stop for a second and do some other stuff come back to intercourse or whatever mm. sex act you're doing. Um, and you can repeat that, right? You really can prolong sex if you do edging a few times while you're, while you're having sex. Um, and so that's always a good recommendation, but then you have to just, they kind of have to figure out how do I tell what I'm about to finish and how do I stop in time? And so yeah, that can be yeah. kind of trial and error to figure that out. Um, I see erectile dysfunction even more. Um, and uh, usually it's, less of a dysfunction, but more of a disappointment um, because uh, they're not having it every time. Mm -hmm. Like if someone could never get an erection, that might be one thing. And then you would look at medical stuff, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But again, usually I don't find that it's medical because like, let's say their erectile tissue is like torn or something, right? That could be impacting it. They would need to go see a doctor for that. Usually it's psychological, Mm -hmm. meaning – there might be the one time where they either couldn't get an erection or couldn't keep one and they felt embarrassed, shamed. Maybe their partner shamed them, which that's really unfortunate. I've yeah, seen yeah, partners yeah, I've get seen really that. upset about yeah. that. And yeah. and then the next time you engage in sex, you have that worry of like, am I going to perform enough? And it's this never ending cycle of like, I want to have sex, but I'm worried I'm not going to perform. Now I'm really nervous. Now this is no longer fun. Now I feel pressure. All that builds up to where, your body's now stressed, and now you're not having an erection again because your body's not where it needs to be. So, you know, that's typically what I see. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, like, I, I would it agree the with one that. time
1: I... it didn't go well. Yeah,
0: yeah, I would, I would definitely see nine times out of ten, it's a psychological issue rather than a physical issue. And one, one of the first things I'd, I'd say to men around it as well: Does it happen when you masturbate? You know, are you unable to get it. No, I can masturbate, no problem. Okay, it's not. We can rule out a physical mm-hmm. issue here. It's something It's something psychological. And as I said, that's anxiety around performance and, you know, these uh, unrealistic expect- expectations uh, from porn and stuff like that. I go, well, i money only lasting 10 minutes and in porn, they're lasting 30, 40, 50 minutes. Um, you know, so I must have a problem or my penis size or... I think a lot a lot of damage gets done by porn when people are exposed to it from a very young age and that... Um, that informs their beliefs around sex as well, as much as as much as religion informs a lot of unhealthy beliefs. Porn can also inform a lot of unhealthy beliefs. Um, and I remember one client that had a couple of years ago, and, and fair play to me, as by his own admission, he had a, he had a pornography addiction. His words, uh, and and he got over it, but he said, you know, when he first got a girlfriend then, you know, he he taught sex was fucking slapping her across the face, calling her names, doing all this sort of thing, because that's what mm-hmm. he'd seen. That's what was modelled for him in porn, and there was no healthy, there was no healthy yeah. conversations around sex growing up. So he found what he could find, and this is what he found. And the other extreme, again, of shame from the church versus this is this pornography going. This is what sex is
1: oh yeah that's a tough spot to come out of mm-hmm. because uh um you know when we talk about like kids and teens and porn they it, it's always a shame when they're exposed to it and it's not and usually it's not anyone like showing it to them but it's so, nowadays so easily accessible oh, yeah. you go to one yeah. website and you see it um and it's really a shame because Uh, I have no issues with porn as an adult, but you you have to know it's only for erotic purposes. You have to have that knowledge that this is a production. This is not really what sex looks like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to have sex this way. You don't have to do any of these things, right? You could just enjoy watching it and it's not going to give you eroticism and pleasure. But that's really not what most people associate with porn. It's like, that's how it is. This is where I'm learning about it that also leads to like nervousness. Like the first time you have sex and you have this expectation of how it's supposed to look, you're like so nervous Mm because you have to perform in a certain way. And it it would be nice if when, when you learn, Hey, it doesn't have to be that way. You can kind of breathe and know like (laughs) this isn't the performance of a lifetime, Yeah, you know? So the um, porn is really, you know, I have no issues with it and there's, there's ethical porn companies out there that are, making sure that, you know, everyone's consenting. Mm-hmm. We're not exploiting anyone. Everyone has, everyone, there's no STDs. Our actors are getting paid, but not all porn is like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you just, you can, you can find all kinds of stuff out there.
0: And that, that's, that, that's, I suppose it's it's the, the problem with it is that you can find anything out there um, in terms of it, which may be good for meeting some people's fantasies, but exposed to that sort of stuff from such a young age. Um, Mm -hmm. you know that's 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 a whole other thing one one of the other common things i'd see with a lot of young men around sex is sex is only intercourse this 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 sort of belief that that's you know Mm -hmm. and if you can't perform like that maybe there's premature ejaculation um and you know foreplay foreplay doesn't count or anything like that sex is only intercourse and one one of the kind of challenges i yeah. throw down to yep. a, a lot of these a lot of these lads would be oh, okay also by that rationale if a girlfriend goes out and gives some guy a blowjob now tonight that's okay cuz sex is only intercourse are, are we okay with with saying that sex is only intercourse and you can just kind of see him going <laughs> oh well yeah well no that wouldn't be right it's like yeah it's not uh, and sex isn't just intercourse
1: yeah yeah, that's a really that's a really good way to put it, and you're you're absolutely right. And sometimes I'll even try to tell clients like, because I think there's I think there I think people are like we had foreplay and then sex, mm-hmm. and I'll yeah, try yeah. and say, well, you had sex and then inter you had sex and then intercourse, right? Mm. Like <laughs> you were still having sex, um, <laughs> and that's always nice for especially like men who are experiencing issues with erection. I try to get them in that mindset of like, you can have sex without it.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. Do you
1: yeah. even know what you like? If that, if you don't have, if you don't have the erection, do you even know what you like? Does your partner know what they like? If that's not an option, mm-hmm. like obviously you want that to be an option, but if it's not, <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, what does that, what does that mean for you guys? So you're right. That is definitely what people think sex is. And, um, you know, when you see gay couples, lesbian couples, like, they're having sex without intercourse all the time mm. <laughs> you know <laughs> lesbians really know they there's been there's been even like data to show that uh lesbian women have more orgasms than straight women
0: hey, you know so what you're walking <laughs> <laughs> <They know, laughs>
1: yeah they know what they're doing
0: <laughs> but that, that's an that's an interesting topic I suppose in terms of heterosexual versus homosexual mm-hmm. uh lindsay is is there is there a difference in the presenting issues there or are we talking generally the same sort of issues?
1: I would say the hetero couples I work with tend to have more sexual problems. Um, I think because they've never had to face the adversity that like gay or lesbian couples face. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is like they have kind of been able to get by with like what they know, right? Like you can stick to the religion. You can stick to what you know about sex. Gay and lesbian people can't really do that. Like, I don't know a lot of, I don't know a lot of queer people who just listen to religion and never have to challenge that because like their sexuality is a whole challenge of like of the religious message. Mm. So they've already done a lot of the work to figure out who they are. And I think that plays out in sexuality and uh, gay men in particular tend to be more open sexually than a lot of other like populations. Yeah. Um, yeah. They tend to have they tend to have more sexual partners. They're more open sexual. They're more open about talking about it. And I think there's a lot of positives to that. So when they enter a relationship, there's just that openness, that freedom of we can be whoever we want to be. And so I think I think hetero couples are a little bit behind in that regard. Mm. They're having to face that now and maybe haven't had to do that before.
0: Yeah. So one, so one other, one other topic I just want to touch on is, and I think we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier on, but just maybe go into a little bit more detail around it is, sexual fantasies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are are there something that should be disclosed to your partner, or are there something that should be kept as fantasies within our heads, or what? What, what would your opinion be on anything like that?
1: I think that you should share your fantasies, but with with limitations, right? Like, let's say, mm-hmm. um. Trying to think of a good example of where maybe I wouldn't share. Like, let's say your partner, you know, you're attracted to your partner, all, all the good stuff. But let's say you have a partner that maybe is insecure about their body. Mm. And you have a fantasy about a woman with a totally different body type. It's like you don't really need to share that, right? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. If you already know that you have a bit, a bit of sensitivity, to share that. But yeah, so I don't think like every thought needs to be shared. But I think in general, I think your fantasy, fantasy should be shared because your partner may want to join you in that. Now, if they don't, if they, if you have a, like I say, if some kinky fantasy and your partner's really not a kinky person, you don't have the expectation that they're going to like play out your fantasy. But sharing it with them, you can have that conversation of, what feeling do I get from that fantasy? What's the pleasure there? How could we play that out in our relationship? That openness, um, I think is really important and kind of a beautiful thing actually, when you can share it and, you know, going back to porn a little bit, when I have someone that comes to me and, and and their words, they have a porn addiction. I'll always ask them what kind of porn they're watching, which I know kind of puts them on the spot. But I'm like, what kind of porn are you watching? Mm-hmm. Um, And usually, not always, but sometimes it's something that they want to try but are embarrassed to admit that they want to try. Like, let's say golden showers is the fantasy and they want to try that, but they're too embarrassed to admit it to their partner. Well, what happens if they told their partner and their partner said, sure, we can do that. Like, we can try that now. It's (laughs) almost like if you had a chance to try it and talk about it and y'all enjoyed it, would you be resorting to the porn so much if it wasn't like the secret that you were hiding? So Mm. as a whole, yeah, I would say fantasies definitely should be shared and can be a lot of fun to talk about.
0: Lindsay, I want to thank you for your, for your time this evening. Um, this has absolutely been vital I think, and I think, and I say it vital and I, and I mean vital because it is vital that, that people have these conversations around sex, even if they're not in a relationship just to have that conversation with themselves around their attitudes towards sex and, you know, their own beliefs around it. And and hopefully a lot of those beliefs can be challenged to get rid of a lot of the stigma and, you know, shame, you know, just sex and shame just go hand in hand, particularly in Ireland, as I said, with, with those religious, uh, undercurrents and stuff like that but for for people that may may like to find out a little bit more about yourself is there anywhere they can they can find you online or any how they, how they can check you out
1: yeah absolutely so i am on social media um on on facebook it's Lindsay murray uh sex therapist and then on on uh, instagram twitter and tiktok it's just at Lindsay murray cst i can't
2: see it now
0: <laughs> <laughs> before we before we get into the last word with Lindsay and her words of wisdom Ashling has fucking pointed out that I look like a priest with a little bit of white on the black shirt which she bought me and now it can't be unseen. Oh, I can't. I have listen. played many, I've actually played two or three priests in different mm. plays and different guises in my acting career. Uh, but before we leave the last word, with Lindsay, let's do a little bit of an outro here and let's plug. Stop fucking looking at me collar. Jesus
2: Christ. usually something else you say. I'm playing with
0: you. <laughs> you make me self-conscious. I know you're looking at me. I'm
2: not. Okay, right, go, All
0: right, on. go on. Right, go on. <laughs> give us give us the social media again for people actually.
2: right so it is Instagram, Facebook, TikTok and Twitter and that's at Estimated Podcast and the email is hello at stmhpodcast.com and the email address is oh shit ah, no <laughs> I was
0: getting ready to go you're fucking nailing <laughs> it you've been <laughs> killed it the last few weeks the website
2: address, all right, the is, website address. is www.stmhpodcast.com and you can find us on YouTube at Straight Talking Mental Health. Yeah, that's
0: it. Captain. happening. Also, what's going to give us a big help, folks, is if you give a five-star rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give a share, give a comment. If you've taken anything from this podcast, raise it. If, if you've learned something, please give a five-star review. If you've made you laugh, if you've learned something from our conversation around sex, please let us know. If you've had your own hang-ups or anything in the show has resonated, please let us know. We love having your feedback. Slide into the DMs and any of the social media. Or drop us, drop us an email. Mm. Can I, can I just say before we finish, you have done. You're you're reluctant to call yourself producer mm. on the podcast, but you've been filling producer roles. You've been finding guests. Mm. You found Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you found this guest. Mm-hmm. So you know you you do a bit of work behind the scenes, and I think it's important to acknowledge that. Thank you. I know you know we we joke here in the podcast and say you're you know you're the you're the beauty because mm. it's obviously not fucking me, but. You know, you're working away. You manage all of the TikTok. Uh, You're finding guests. So, and for just to remind everyone again, there will be no weekly episode without you. Mm -hmm. You know, our check in episode, it was too much for me. It was fucking too much finding a guest every single week. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't do it. I just can't. But what we get to do is we get to do our check in episode.
2: And I also find a guest.
0: And you find find guests. So, um, yeah, I just I really want to thank you just for stepping into our role and doing a great job okay. finding these guests, uh, looking after the TikTok mm-hmm. side of things, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's that's a big big thank you to you. Thank you. Collars your every producer you're doing producer roles, mm-hmm. so co-host and producer, we co-producer co-hosts. Mm-hmm. We're in it together, okay. as we are in life. Partners in podcast, partners in life. So please mind that. <laughs> <laughs> well, not partners in crime. No. yeah what are you smiling
2: nothing i'm just smiling at you okay
0: (laughs) all right well i I just want to say thank you again and uh, you know always i love this i love this you know i love this Mm -hmm. i love doing i love that i get to do it with you Mm -hmm. that's why we've invested so much in it Mm -hmm. because i get to do this thing that i love with the person that i love and uh yeah i really i really enjoy it means a lot to me thank you thank you for being a part of the podcast so give us a rating, folks. Give us a share. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Please give us a subscribe on YouTube. So you know what it is, folks. It's time for the line out. What started out as look after yourselves and look after each other until Ashling interfered one week and said, look after your mother. Then it became your brother. I think recently we've had your significant other. Mm-hmm. I think we're probably out of rhymes. Yeah, we are. Probably out of rhymes, but let's let's keep it. Topical from what we spoke about. So, you know what's going to be, folks? We're going to be back in seven days. Same bad time, same bad channel. But in the meantime, look after yourselves and.
2: Look after your lover.
0: Do look after your lover. I do. Do you do? You really you do. do. As do I. Thank
2: you.
0: Thank you. Brilliant. And
2: I'm fucking, awesome.
0: Yeah, great. So, we're, we're agreed.
2: Are we really agreed? Yeah,
0: <laughs> we're both agreed. Look after I'm your agreeing love. not to disagree. <laughs> You're <laughs> just being fucking cantankerous. Polite. <laughs> <laughs> Look after yourselves, and look after your lover. Take it away, Lindsay. I
2: can't even do it. <laughs> oh, you can. Sure. <laughs> Take it away.
0: One of the other things that we do on the podcast, Lindsay, is every guest that comes on, we ask them to share some words of wisdom, some life learnings, or a motto or a creed or something that they live by, or some something that they've taken from this life so far. Is there anything that you'd you'd like to share with the listeners and the and the viewers out there? Something that you've learned. Or taken from this life so far.
1: Sure. Um, What comes to mind right now is what pops up first. Um, My advice is always to lean into the joy. And so Brene Brown has this saying that joy is the hardest emotion to experience because we don't want to get our hopes up. When things are going too good, we're prepared for something not to go well. (laughs) Let that go. Lean into the joy. Because if you're preparing for the worst, and you pull back on the joy. When the worst happens, it's still going to hurt like a bitch. <laughs> like you preparing now is not going to make it hurt any less if something happens down the road. So enjoy where you are. Lean into it. And that goes for sex, too. When you like something, let yourself like it. Enjoy the pleasure. So that's, That would be the advice I was going to give. Mental health.